Discussion Podcast, hosted by Kenny and Heather. And hi, I'm Selena. <laughs> we have a guest star this episode from Heather's other podcast. You want to tell us about that, Heather? Yes. So our podcast is called Hauntings and Homicide, and it's um, about paranormal true crime. Um, it's airing uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. No, too specific. Oh. It's, it, the, it's Thursday morning Thursday, whenever we get around to posting. Thursday mornings. <laughs> I think they usually come at like 8 a.m. Yeah. I think it's pretty. You wake up way too early for me. Well, it's <laughs> Lana does it. But, oh, got it. I don't. What, got once it. it's. It's edited. It goes to Lana, and then basically Got once it. once I once we're done, we're done. We don't do it anyway. Um, that our episodes come out on Thursdays, and the last episode we did was about Amityville, which by the time this airs, that will have already aired. So Got it. this is a big crossover event, sort of like like the Marvel universe, mm-hmm. I mean, or like Smash Brothers. There you go. Yeah, like Smash Brothers. So are we technically talking in the future? Uh huh. Oh, cool. Yeah. As of recording this, you guys have recorded the Amityville. And it will have aired because it's airing on Thursday. But yeah, but as we're talking in this moment, it has not aired. No, not okay. yet. But it is coming out, and so this one will come out similar time. Yeah. Um, yeah, we wanted to do, or some of us wanted to do Dark Water to <laughs> coincide with a different episode that you guys did because that movie also had a sort of real-life connection. To Elisa Lamb, yes. Um, Although but, you just uh, told me five minutes ago that we were talking about different movies. Well, you were thinking of the remake. I didn't know so, it was a remake. And the plot presumably is the same, so it would be a connection to both of them. But I actually never knew it was a remake either. It, when we were researching Elisa Lam, only the there 2005 one yeah. came up. Oh, really? When That's, does the other one come out? 2002. It was even earlier. Oh. But I don't know if there's as many coincidences in that one because remember there's a lot of names and stuff that were coincidences oh that's right well we'll have to see if we ever get back around to doing a dark water episode on cinematicon mm-hmm. um but for today we are doing the amityville horror from 1979 uh so this is a questionably classic horror film <laughs> it's definitely old uh but We'll have some things to say about the the quality of the film. It, it's uh, you know it's a well known film. It got a remake. It, I think it got a bunch of sequels. It did. Yeah. Eighties. Definitely a lot um, of remakes. They looked really and shit. cheesy. The the graphics to them looked really cheesy. Mm. What all the other ones after this? Yeah, because when I when I searched it up on Amazon, you know how the other ones come up, and I was like, ooh. Well, this one was mm, already pretty bad, so. Yeah, so let's just uh, tell the listeners a few basic facts about the film. It came out in 1979. It was directed by Stuart Rosenberg. It was written by Sandor Stern. I love that name. Sounds like a Game of Thrones character. Yeah, it's, <laughs> my favorite Game of Thrones character <laughs> is uh, the Hound. Sandor oh. Sandor Clegane. And I didn't know Sandor was the real name until just today. So that kind of made my day. Uh, but it was based on a supposedly nonfiction book of the same title by Jay Anson, which Heather has read. Most I of it. have not read a page of it, so it'll be interesting to talk about the connections between the book and the film. Uh, the film stars James Brolin, that's Josh Brolin's father, and Margot Kidder, who horror fans like me will recognize from Black Christmas, uh, and non-horror fans may recognize as Lois Lane in the... Uh, Superman film, the original oh. one. 
and it's got a musical score by Lalo Schifrin. Uh, so, uh, I'll do a little plot summary here. So, spoiler alert, if people want to go watch the film and come back, uh, do that now. In an ominous-looking house in Amityville, New York, a man kills his wife and children with a shotgun in the middle of the night. Several years later, George and Kathy Lutz move into the house with Kathy's three children. Over the next few weeks, strange things happen around the Lutz household, suggesting that the house is haunted. A priest comes out to bless the family's new home, but is assailed by flies and runs away. He investigates the spooky history of the house and tries to get the Catholic Church to authorize some action to help the Lutzes, but is unable to warn the family because the hand holding the telephone gets mysteriously burned when he tries to call them. One creepy happening after another causes the Lutzes to unravel emotionally and eventually to decide to leave the house. Okay, so... Um, I have a correction for you. Okay, did I get something wrong? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he killed the, his parents and his siblings. Four siblings? He was like the oldest kid. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so we're talking about the, the guy in the, the beginning, in the beginning. Of the, the very first scene. It's not his children. It's nope. his siblings. His siblings. And his parents. But there were some of them were little kids. Yeah. Yes. No, Big there was age an age difference. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which DeFeo. Yes. Ronald. Ronald Jr. Yeah. Ronnie Jr., a.k.a. He Butch. He was like 23. And yeah, his other siblings were, I forget their ranges. They were like 12, 13, yeah. 10. There was actually a couple things eight. they got wrong with the beginning, but. Whatever. Yeah, well, we don't have time to go over it. I know. Sorry. We we already covered all of that, so if you go listen to our podcast and you'll find all this out. All right. Um, So, general thoughts about the picture? How did you you find it? Are you referring to the film in general? The the motion picture that we (laughs) have seen. Uh, It happened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. We saw the it. The pictures were moving. Mm-hmm. I think they did a great job with that. Um, there weren't any parts where I felt like, okay, you know, I can see the flicker. I know that this isn't really moving. It's just a series of still You're really images. breaking this down to bare bones, huh? I feel like it was good. Like, for what it was, it was I good. I think you're just really relieved that you weren't scared to death. I think so. No, but I think, like, even the shots where they keep, like, going back to the house, like, they were ominous. Like... Mm-hmm. I think maybe I just hated it because, well, not in general, but especially the beginning where they kept doing the gunshots and the flashbacks and stuff. It's so loud. And that was the whole, it's supposed to be like that. They're a little too, a little too similar to jump scares for me. The movie does have a huge uh, dynamic range to it. Uh, The audio, right? So like there's... One way to put it. uh, There's certain sounds like a cat uh meowing or a gunshot going off that are you know obviously the loudest things in the film but then most of the film's audio is way down at the other end yeah. and james brolin in particular <laughs> he just mumbles all his lines <laughs> i told you to put the subtitles on nothing bothers me more when i have to either keep turning up the volume or keep turning it down and this is one of those times where you would have to do both and i understand that was like part of his like character because he was going crazy but 
Enunciate, please. Enunciate, and also, like, maybe we could mix this sound just a little bit better so that it's not so drastically different, so that I don't have to have a heart attack mm-hmm. every three seconds. I feel like every single time the gunshot, I, I was still just stunned every time it happened, even though you'd think eventually I would expect it and maybe chill a little bit. Nope. Every single time. Just jumped. I feel like by far the most cheesiest part, and I think the part that gave away the, like, time it was made was the pig. That was pretty cheesy. Mm. And the little, like, glowy, just, like... Yeah, it was Just, like, the two little lights. It was pretty lame. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because, like, I don't know about you, but when we covered that, um, when I pictured it in my head, it was really scary. Yeah. Like, Jody's glowing red eyes. You know what it reminded me of? What was that kid's toy where you put the light bright? Yeah. Do you remember? I oh, just yeah. thought it was just two like light brights in the dark. Like that's yeah. all I pictured. Yeah, they. It was pretty clear that they were electronic lights that we just had. Yeah. Um, this is the good. scene in the film where uh, Amy, the daughter of the Lutzes, has an imaginary friend named Jody, and uh, at one point she tells her mother, "Oh, she jumped out the window." And the mother looks out the window and she sees a pair of glowing yellow mm-hmm. eyes out out of the window. Um, so that the, the eyes could have been done better, I yeah. guess. Um, but overall, you know, I think the sort of uh, bread and butter kind of filmmaking here was pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Like this is a pretty solidly made late '70s picture. Uh, there were certain sequences where I thought they were really good, like. Um, I liked the part where the priests are driving their car and they like crash it, you know, like there was some pretty cool car stunts with that. Like, uh, they kind of knew what they were doing as far as filming a scene where a car is, you know, careening off the road Mm -hmm. and the, the front end is coming up and you know, all this crazy stuff. Um, and I mean, I would say overall, like the cinematography is not, it's not like inspired, but it gets the job done. Um, this isn't, a bad movie in the sense of like you know i don't know uh troll 2 or you know one of these movies where it's just or manos the hands of fate where it's like incompetently made this is a competently made film but i my problem is more in the writing uh i feel like this movie just meanders and doesn't feel like it's going anywhere Mm -hmm. like one thing after another happens but i didn't get any sense of like a connection between the events it's like okay they're in the house it's haunted so a haunted haunting sort of thing happens and then the next scene is the same thing and the next scene it's like i think that even goes up to the end like mm -hmm. the end it was just like oh okay and the end they just leave yeah there was no big and i think that's the hard part coming from just knowing this story there was there should have been a lot more that they did to kind of like have this big crazy ending to make them i don't know it was kind of weird so you feel like maybe they should have changed the story more from the real life story to give it more of a conclusive uh, ending allegedly what happened in real life was a lot more insane than what happened in the movie well let's talk about that what are some changes that you guys noticed from the book well there there was no levitating Mm -hmm. like um, there a lot of levitating in the yeah like the kids were supposed to be levitating and What's her name? Kathy was mm-hmm. supposed to be levitating, and that's what like 
freaked him out so bad that mm-hmm. like when uh, were they like the sleeping in their bed be, and like, then they yeah. start floating around up. the room yeah. like being like pushed around the room by some unseen entity mm. making all kinds of loud noises i, I mean, wonder if they took that out because it was too similar to the exorcist because that happens in the exorcist right where she levitates oh, above the bed okay that makes sense yeah when did the exorcist come out 1973. Okay, so that even happened before the Lutzes even moved into the house. Yeah, they probably they probably uh, took it. They from probably that. took it from the Exorcist. I don't think any of that happened. I don't think any of that happened. I think they watched the Exorcist and are like, hmm, drank some wine and said, we'll go with okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Well, Levitating. you know, for for the all the schmucks like me out there that don't know the the real story, can you like give a really quick summary of not what happened in the house, but like what happened after. Like what? Uh, what's the story around, you know, these Lutz people and how they tried to uh, explain what happened to the world and and so forth. What do you mean? Well, I understand that there's some amount of drama where um, uh, the book. So how did how is it that because the, the book isn't written by any of the Lutz, no, no. it's written by somebody else. So he must have told somebody the story and then. This guy wrote the book, uh, uh, yeah. Jay Anson. Jay but then I guess there's been some drama around the book where people have accused it of not being accurate. Uh-huh. Oh. So what's what's the deal with that? Um, so there's, you know, a lot of great flies. Because that's <laughs> also not... You guys, I feel this like is... the movie's coming to life. For the listeners, Kenny, there's did a you, fly that's Did you catch a fly and, there, and set it loose in this house? Is there a cross somewhere that's going to come upside down? Like, do I need to know Is something? that blood? Oh. oh. What is that? That must be what that is. It just appeared this morning. All right. Kenny, I'm done. Is there also going to be a satanic pig rolling Is in? there a pig? Just tell me right now if there's a pig. Well, there's my pet pig, but that's the only... Okay, we're done. <laughs> anyway, um, so there's a lot of, like, discrepancies. Like, this person says this and this person says that. You know, whatever. What, like uh, other members of the Lutz family? No, I'm going to tell you. So, Ronnie DeFeo Jr.'s lawyer... So, Ronnie DeFeo is... Is the one who killed his family. Okay. Yes. He um, says that... He originally wanted to have the, like, he wanted someone to write a book about it. Because um, I guess he had, like, created some kind of relationship with the Lutzes oh. for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't really know why. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess they were like, mm, I don't know, they had some kind of falling out. I guess this guy, okay, no. It's because the Lutzes didn't want any of that money to go to Ronnie DeFeo, because this is lawyer, right? So, you know, I guess he was going to get some of this payout. book money? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so the Lutzes were like, no, we're not comfortable with that. And so this guy was, like, angry. Mm-hmm. They left on bad terms. And so he went around telling everyone, oh, all of this story was created over several bottles of wine one night. Like, we all came up with it together. Like we, you know, it, it's all fake. How is how is this convicted murderer having wine with the lawyer? The lawyer. The yeah. lawyer. The lawyer of said the that. convicted mm-hmm. murderer. Okay. Yes. I see. So he claims it's all nonsense. Um, I guess 
George Lutz later on also said, yeah, we embellished it a little bit. Like the stuff coming out of the walls wasn't yeah. real. And I, I know he recounted one other aspect, at least that I can think of. I can't remember what but I can't. The flies. The oh, flies was yeah. fake. Um, but the stuff in the movie, like the, the well in the basement and stuff, that's not true. That was never even in the book or anything. Was there a doorway? There what? There's a doorway. I don't think it's to hell, but there was a weird secret yeah. passage. But um, Kathy Lutz found it in the in the pan, like a cupboard. She oh, like got it. opened a cupboard and noticed that the wall in the back mm-hmm. was like I think this goes to something. And they found like a little secret room, which was the quote unquote red room. And I I don't know what they used it for. I think red room. Right, real. right. I think um, I'm, gonna, I'm ignoring you. They, <laughs> I think the family before the DeFeos used it for something. Oh, got it. Didn't we find out about the original? Owners? Yeah, like the people. Excuse me. Why are you leaving? I, I think he's to, trying to kill a fly. I just have to get a fly. Oh, okay. I why I don't know why he left this recording. He's only making his life more difficult. Maybe he wants us talking in it. No. <laughs> I promise you, that is false. Okay. So, you are explaining how this is That's all a good. sham. Was I? Yes, because the N- lawyer no. said I'm saying they made it up, and then Lutz himself said also that it was made up. Lutz says that he embellished. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then but when, the you're, but when your whole story is ridiculous, and then you say, "Oh yeah, this there was part of it that was made up." All I mean, credibility. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I don't think any of it was. Real. I, I think, think you made it all up. I mean, I explained. I I explained this on our podcast. I said I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe. They felt a ghostly presence in the kitchen, and maybe they heard some weird noises, and you know, and then well, they see, decided. This, is, this kind of gets to one thing we were talking about while we were watching the movie, which is. You let me talk while we were watching the movie. There, there are sort of clues in the movie almost that make me feel like. Well, I don't know if any of this is from the book, but it kind of seems like the ghost or whatever that's haunting the house is really just the failings of the individual characters, you know? Like, the uh, George Lutz kind of can't get it up in bed, you know? And so it's like, <laughs> oh, that damn demon. And then uh, he's slacking. He's, like, not paying attention to his business, and it's kind of not doing well. And it's like, oh, the demon again. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the the girl, the kids are misbehaving. They're, like, mm-hmm. tormenting their sister with the little spider demon. You know, it's like... <laughs> Uh, it just seems like, you know, and then the one guy misplaced his money, right? He, like, uh, needed the money to pay. They're, they're having a wedding for Kathy's brother, mm-hmm. and the brother misplaces $1,500 that he needed to pay the, um, the caterer, right? And then... Did I make that up, or did he really say caterer? Because I know it, no, was, it was the caterer. Case, it was the it caterer. Was a caterer. Oh, okay. Yeah, in the book, and, I think it's the venue, like, to rent the venue, but Maybe okay. it's all, all I do have why did they circle in on then the little the little dragon guy? 
the... I don't know. Yeah, well, did he... Oh, because in the book, there's, like, a lion statue that keeps oh. popping up, and they keep, like, tripping on, and it's like, shows up in different places in the house, and Kathy See, hates right, it. See, right, like, oh. you, you come downstairs, and you step on some Legos. Demon! Demon yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, these are pretty normal things to happen to a family, but they just had, like, a really bad couple of weeks right after they moved into this new house, and they decided to blame the house. Yeah. I mean, in the book and in real life, they only made it 28 days. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Not I'm even going, a whole month. I'm still going with my same theory. Why even... Let's just say it really was haunted. Why would you move your family into a house that, you know, six people had been murdered in less than a year ago? Because it was really cheap. That's fine, but why would you do it? You're just inviting danger into your life. Because they're... Well, I would do that. Who they're cares? white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good. I, I, I'll, I'll, right? I'll pass. Absolutely not. I'll pass. It did come with a boat, though. And a boathouse. And a boathouse. I, I guess he's like, that's what he's doing at 3 in the morning is he's going out to the boathouse. Yeah. I was he's never obsessed. clear on what he was up he's to. A, he was there. obsessed with the boathouse. They didn't make it clear because I think they didn't show him going to the boathouse till the last night. Hmm. Which, right? I, I don't think they showed it in the movie. Yeah, they showed him out there and he was like doing something with a rope. And I was like, what is he doing out <laughs> yeah. there? Yeah, but like that's the thing. He was supposed to wake up at 3.15 every night because that's when the actual murders happened. And he was going to the boathouse to do something because that was where he was fixated on. Which is weird because there's no connection to the murders in the boathouse, I don't think. Yeah, it was kind of weird too that he's... He's got this thing with the axe where he's menacing people with the yeah. axe, whereas the earlier murder was with a shotgun. Yeah. So the the parallels aren't as direct. Although, um, in other ways, this reminds me a lot of The Shining, which came out in the next year. Okay, although so... Although the book had been written before. I was going to ask you guys that, actually, because um, with the end scene with the door... Yeah. Where he's, um, he's, there's got the children sort of like huddled inside of this room. They've got the door locked and George Lutz is outside kind of ramming the door with the axe. Like, here's Johnny. You know, he's, it's a very similar sequence. The exact same way too. Yeah. Like even the placement on the door. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, uh, yeah, this, the, the way the shots are set up Mm -hmm. where we're seeing the door from the inside with the chips of wood starting to fly. Um, yeah, that's a similar sequence. There are other things that reminded me of other movies. And and to the film's credit, there are movies that came out after, like uh, Poltergeist also came out after. I think it was from 82. Um, you got this sequence with the um, near the end when the window gets crashed through by the, the uh, tree. Do you remember that part? Listen. I thought Poltergeist was so weird that my brain threw it in the trash. <laughs> so I can't, it's gone. Well, one thing that happens with Poltergeist is that there's a scary tree outside of the kid's window that he's scared of. It like it looks oh, like a scary face. To I him. remember that. And then at the end, there's like a big storm, and the tree uh-huh. uh, arm slash branch crashes through the window. And this ha- that happens at the end of this film too. The tree crashes through the upper story window of the house. Um, so there are a lot of things. The blood dripping, you see that in other movies mm-hmm. too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, there's so many like horror tropes in this. It kind of just ticks all of those boxes uh, that you would expect. And I feel like a lot of these sequences, they work pretty well as individual scenes. It's just the the larger structure is not there. There's so much unnecessary bullshit in this movie. Yeah. 
It like, definitely it, did not need to be two hours long. It did not. We did not yeah. need 14 scenes of the priest in the phone. Yeah. Chill out. You could have done that twice. Yeah. I feel like if this movie was like 20 minutes long, it would be pretty good. <laughs> Just a short film. Yeah. Okay. Um, that but makes like, sense. Yeah. I don't know. My fa- I think my favorite sequence in the movie, maybe we should go around and say our favorite scene. My favorite scene is the one where the girl with the headgear gets stuck in the, the closet. Was she hitting that door so hard that she was bleeding? Is that what they wanted us to believe? Yeah, she was like knocking on it. Yeah, she but was that, blood, she was already bleeding within 30 seconds. There was um, blood smeared did everywhere. Did you see the poor girl? She just looked frail, so That's true. let her be. She was quite... She had her headpiece. She just yeah. So there's a girl with headgear. I think she's like their their cousin. I guess she's something. the um, daughter that of the the brother who's getting married or something like that. And she's over like at I the was house. Like Nineteen. But also, with the, it doesn't. Uh-huh. With the the daughter Amy, and they're playing, and then she goes into the closet, and the door shuts itself on her, and then she's like you know scared and trying to get out mm-hmm. and the little girl just kind of sits there ominously staring at the she had like door a little smirk i feel like too yeah and not helping her as mm-hmm. she's screaming and then eventually the light inside the closet goes off and that makes her even scareder and uh, nothing happens to her there's no monster in the closet or anything um but i just found that to be uh, a genuinely scary sequence just imagining that yourself in that situation you're in this scary house and then you get locked in the closet and then the light turns off i would be really scared my brother when i was younger used to do that he would lock me in the bathroom it's mm. me and then he would hold the door so i would just like freak out so i was like oh there's my childhood right there That's, yeah, yeah so it's kind of relatable too that's um, like big brother little brother like little sister stuff though i think i was the tormentor so. <laughs> dude if you ask ask kayla all the stories she has of me, tor- the things that I, mostly psychological torture, which is worse. So just ask her. She has plenty of stories for you. Yeah. She'll well, tell you I all about her trauma. <laughs> so that scene, I think, is a pretty effective scene. But, like, what is it doing in the movie? Like, what, you know, that girl with the headgear, she's not in the film before that scene or after it. She just disappears. Amy, what is the deal with Amy? Is she? She seems like she's kind of turning evil in that scene. But then... Nothing else happens with that. Don't you also think that would have been when Jody would have taken like a good opportunity to like really mess with her, the scary pig, because she was in the room. Yeah, they didn't do enough with Jody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's another sort of. There's just so many little like plot lines that the that yeah, sort of they, the film is kind of following. That the invisible friend Jody. We sort of gradually get more clues that Jody is a, a real thing mm-hmm. and then finally we see it and it's a giant f- flying pig with red <laughs> eyes uh, and um, but we just see it briefly through a window and then um, and then that's that and it, you know there's no confrontation with mm-hmm. Jody we won't, don't discover that Jody is the spirit of the pet pig of the other family that was in the house before or something. I think this is one of those instances where under-explaining happened. Yeah. I was thinking that too. We were talking in a previous episode about how you can under-explain and you can over-explain. I feel like this movie kind of does both. Uh, (laughs) Oh, man. Like, the things that happen don't have any rhyme or reason and they never... We never get a sense of closure on it. But at the same time, I feel like... I don't know. The direction that a lot of these kind of movies go with this sort of story is that at first 
there's scary things happening and you know they start small and they get bigger and weirder and that drives the characters to try to figure out well what is the history of this house what what happened here how are, how are these things connected and then if it makes sense in the end um, more so than in the beginning but here it's like we already kind of know as much as we're gonna know from the beginning of the film because they show us in the first scene the family you know the guy murdering his family and and the characters know that too and it's like okay so that's a, it's an evil haunted house we get it like mm-hmm. it's it's uh they should have kept that for later in the film i feel like maybe they shouldn't have known already although you know that wouldn't be true to the story yeah they shouldn't have known what the deal was it should have been a normal house like that's what happens in poltergeist right they think it's just a normal suburban house and then it's revealed near the end of the film that it was built on an indian graveyard and they they moved the tombstones but you didn't move the bodies (laughs) um so there's that And, and it's like a revelation it's like Oh, something happened in the film, uh, but in this film, kind of nothing happens. Well, because that would have made sense with Kathy going to the library and having, like, I mean, I know she was shocked that George looked just like Ronald, but I feel like there would have been more of a build-up with that had they not known what had, like, if we didn't know what had happened in the beginning. And we've kind of already had people telling him that he looks like that guy Mm -hmm. several times already, too. So So it wasn't, like, a huge... Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. They yeah. ruined that big reveal. Mm-hmm. Oops. <laughs> which, which, that's another thing that reminds me of The Shining, right? Is like he looks yeah, like the previous guy that killed right. his family, and then at the end of The Shining, we see that the photograph from 1920 where it's Jack Nicholson's in it. Mm-hmm. So. Which is a fantastic ending. Yeah, nothing wrong with these tropes. But you just have to put them yeah, together into to an actual it movie. Right. If you fail, it's nonsense. Yeah. So, I mean, did you did you guys get a sense of some kind of themes or commonalities that connect the different scary things that happen? No. <laughs> I was trying to think. I mean, I, I could only really think of very general things, right? Like, uh, they tend to be sort of like bodily kind of gross things a lot of the time right like a pig is kind of like a gross animal and the flies are like a thing that reminds Mm -hmm. you of decay and death in the body and the nun is like puke screaming after she (laughs) drives away the poop Uh, in the toilet we haven't even mentioned all the clergy in this movie this house is like in addition to being haunted it had it must have something that just attracts clergy to just wander around in the house. Well, the nun... People, they, there's a priest, and then there's a nun who just show up, well, and they just start walking okay, around in someone nun. else's house. It's not your house. The nun is Kathy's aunt. Okay. And in the book, she's actually a former nun who now has kids and stuff. Oh. But they really wanted that imagery for the movie. Yeah, I really felt like they still. played up the religious aspect because of probably the exorcist. They wanted to get in on yeah. that and the omen, you know, the satanic panic kind of thing that was going on in the late 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, Rosemary's Baby, you know, there's Super a lot of movies Rosemary from, Baby. well, that was late 60s, but, you know, there was a lot of really popular films that had this, like, strong religious thing going on. Mm-hmm. I think, to me, the most lackluster, because I feel like they could have done so much more with it, was because obviously within the first couple minutes of them moving in, they hang the cross on the wall, and you're like, they made such a, like, 
they literally left it on screen for at least 20 seconds. Like, it was a long pause. So I was like, oh, there's going to be something great with it later. And then when the cross does come back in, you're like, oh, it's upside down. Okay. And then they held it for a couple minutes and dropped it. And then I was like, oh. Yeah, it was lame. (laughs) Yeah, and that's another sort of direction they could have gone with a story like this, right? It could have been a story where they, like The Exorcist, where they've lost their religion, mm-hmm. right? They're no longer going to church. And then these things happen and they find their faith and they use that to defeat the evil at the end or something. You know, like you have to have like an arc for your characters or for your story where things change other than just you finally decide to leave the house at the end. Yeah, it felt like there needed to be like another scene or something like they they needed to wrap it up better than they did it was like wait that's it very anticlimactic yeah i felt i I felt like the ending was one of the weaker parts of the film because it's like okay for what then like what's they just leave the house and that's it well yeah yeah, but when he goes back when he goes back for the dog you're like oh this is where it's gonna go down and then you're like oh you just fell oh (laughs) okay yeah like everything in the movie well, first of all, there's been no real like build up to this ending, right? It's just like it's just the end. It's just it's getting close to two hours, so it's time to wrap things up. Um, there's no like sequence of events that has led to a climax per se. But the filmmaking with the quick cuts and the musical score ramping up, it's all telling us that like this is the climax of the film. Um, and normally at the climax of the film, yeah, you, you have the characters encounter really frightening obstacles that are, they have to somehow, you know, uh, reach down into their inner depths of their character and pull out something in order to succeed. Um, but here, like the big obstacle at the end that the family faces is the door to the house won't open, but then it does. Yeah. Like they just try it again and then it opens and then they get in the car and it's like, oh, now the car won't start. But then they just find the keys and then it, and they're fine. And then, yeah, the same thing. He goes back in and to, to get the dog and he, like, falls into a pit of black goo. And then he just climbs out, no problem. And then he, uh, I guess the door won't open again. So mm-hmm. then he has to, like, throw a chair out the window and go out the window. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like, it's like it's just these very simple physical obstacles. There's no nothing you know more interesting or more dangerous to the characters than that going on at the end really the the dangerous thing was when uh george lutz was going nuts and like trying to hack people with the axe right like you know again that's another way you could go with the story is the shining where the the one character just goes completely nuts and then the story is about how do we get away from this guy and Mm -hmm. not be killed but they didn't do that either. So it's like every kind it sort of turn. They had so many opportunities to do something that would make dramatic sense, and they just did not. <laughs> Even if he kept the axe and, like, that's how he got out at the end, like, that at least would have been a little bit better. But they just kind of dropped it. And was mm. like, so he had this fascination with it, and then nothing. He, like, became self-aware and, like, broke out of the trance he was in. And it's like okay um yeah he, i guess he kind of did when he almost yeah chops uh kathy. kathy and that sequence was really weird to me because there's one shot in which she has old people makeup that's, on. i was just gonna say i'm all it's in the book oh okay i was like yeah so that Wait, bothered wasn't me. there another scene where she looked like that or she had like warts on her face or something 
Well, there was a scene in the movie where uh, they're going around to the different rooms with the crucifix. And then he drops the crucifix, and oh, I thought, and she... oh, it, it, is it hot? Yeah. And then he has something in marks on his hand, and I thought, oh, it, like, maybe got super hot, and he's got, like, burns uh-huh. on his hand. But then she's, like, touching her face, and her like, face looks me. like it's got burns, or yeah. maybe she's just wiping the makeup off. I don't know what's yeah. going on with that. Yeah, they did a really bad job of explaining all that. In the book, it's... In the book, even then, it's not explained super well. It's like, and then... And then Kathy looked in the mirror, and she looked like an old woman. And then they just, like, abandoned... And I'm like, wait, what? Why? What? Yeah. What? It, it kind of feels like they just, like, kept... How many creepy things can we come up with? Yeah. Like, just throw it all in there. Well, that kind of fits with my thing I was saying, though, of, like, things that are connected to, like, the body and disease and yeah. death, right? Yeah. Like, looking old suddenly, um, I guess, fits with that as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. I don't quite know what to make of the black goo, though. I feel like, what is this, Prometheus? It's, Mysterious black goo all over the place. It's just... Because it, wasn't that technically supposed to be coming down the stairs and like through the wall? Well, Not the blood. There's a different goo. scene in the book where it's just black stuff in the toilets. Oh. In, in every, every toilet in the house filled up with black, unidentified goo. And was like overflowing. Got it. It's like you just have a plumbing problem. Like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> right. But then the uh, the thing in the was that one of the final straws was like green goo coming down yes. the stairs. I think that's what it was. There's different goo. Don't get mixed up. There's green goo and there's black goo. That's what it was. The black goo comes up from the toilets. The green goo comes through the walls. In the in the movie, it's blood. In the book, it's green it's also supposed to come in through like the locks and stuff on the doors so yeah um you know i think i just figured out what's wrong with this movie what it should have been a comedy oh because <laughs> should have been like evil dead yeah well yeah i mean i'm just thinking about like what structure of this story is just one thing after another goes wrong for this family right like they mm-hmm. buy this new house it's supposed to be all nice but then you know all these things happen the toilets are backing up there's, you know, you can't find anything that you misplaced. It's like it, it, it's like Mr. Magoo or something. You know, it's like it's uh, just a series of a comedy of errors kind of thing. You know, where just one thing goes wrong after another, and they all kind of pile up until it's this ridiculous thing, like um, an episode of Faulty Towers or something. Wasn't that there was a movie called Money Pit? You know what I'm talking about? I know the title. It's a, is it a Tom Hanks movie? No, I think somebody else is in it. Oh. I know what you're talking Oops. About. Well, anyway, two people buy a house and it's just ever one disaster after another. Like it's already been made. Like, yeah, we just like that's a good track. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. There were certain parts that were that were funny. We were laughing at the the puking scene. I'm 12 years old. <laughs> I. I always think sex scenes from back then are so awkward to watch. Oh, it was awkward as hell. Because it's like a shoulder. And there was like, like four of weird. them. Yeah, I'm it's like, really why? awkward. Because you can't like show any of it, but it just, like that made me laugh. And I'm like, yeah, just don't put it in. It's like they were trying really hard to make it so erotic. And I'm just like. <laughs> and then the kid comes in. But like, she's not really freaked out. She's just like, no. oh, okay. Puts <laughs> his like flannel on. Is like, let me take you back to bed. I'm uncomfortable. So that was kind of an interesting moment. That's like the Oedipal 
primal scene where the kid walks in on the parents. You're gonna get Freudian up in here. Well, I was just I was trying to grab onto something that oh, you sorry. know going on phon- uh, thematically in this movie, you, right? You're you're reaching too hard. Yeah. You're not gonna get anything. I'm I was sorry. gonna say actually, I wish there was a little bit more with speaking of the what was her name, Amy? Because mm-hmm. then when the mom takes her back to bed, or no, was that another night? Maybe George closes a window or something and he sees just the like raggedy ann doll just like sitting on the chair oh yeah i liked that little doll it's an illusion to annabelle well that's what i thought of immediately i was like but then mm, nothing happens with the doll nothing happened yeah they should have i yeah they should have explored that plot line with the little girl that was interesting Um, yeah she could have been like their their conduit their way of communicating with the the thing that's in the house Mm -hmm. nothing very lackluster. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Is that an Annabelle doll? Annabelle was Raggedy Ann, yeah. Yeah. The original Annabelle. Yeah. The, the one that they use in the movies and stuff is not what she really looked like. They had to make her look more spooky and creepy. Yeah. Which is kind of funny, though, because it does tie in with... What are their names? Because they did go to the house. Who are the ones that do all the... Ed and Lorraine? Yes. What about them? Well, because they did go to the house afterwards. Remember, they went to the actual house. Yeah. So I'm like that kind. Which of is thing. another thing that they didn't do in the movie. They have those. They have those two people that I guess they took the place of Ed and Lorraine. Oh, is that who they? Because are no, Ed and Lorraine I mean, in they, the book? Yeah. Oh. Hella yeah. Which they just didn't use. Which is the spookiest part. Mm-hmm. Are you? They are totally you back to talking about Amityville? Or are yeah. you still talking about Conjuring? We're talk- no, we're talking about we're talking about Amityville. Oh, that in has the, Ed and Lorraine Warren in yeah, from the Conjuring the, films. Okay. They're real people. Yeah. And they were in um they were in the book Amityville. Oh, so this might be part of the Conjuring verse. I don't know what that means. Well, there's like a whole extended cinematic universe of Conjuring films, right? Because there's the Conjuring films and then there's the Annabelle films mm-hmm. that are a spin off. No. And then the other one that came out is now attached to it, too. Uh, was it The Nun? Was no, that? No, the Spanish one, the... La Llorona? Yeah. Oh, that's part of it, too? Apparently. Oh, ah. Christ. Cool. Which it's not supposed to because that's an old Mexican, like... Yeah, that doesn't make it, sense. They made it make sense. Okay. So, yeah, that's now in that whole realm. Yeah, so this they should have put those characters in this. Then they could have been Yeah, because in the that. book, that's the most terrifying aspect when like they're picking up on the evil energy mm-hmm. and they're like figuring out, "Oh, this was never a human, it's a demon, it's mm-hmm. an evil spirit and you know all this stuff." Like that's creepy when they talk like we talked about in the beginning before you're recording, the backwards talking backwards. Hearing people speaking backwards to you. Yeah, there's a sequence in the film, or not in the film. In the book. It's in the book where somebody goes in the basement and they hear themselves talking backwards. Okay, so Ed and Lorraine Warren came in after the Lutzes moved out. The Lutzes were still trying to figure out what to do with this house because it's their house. Oh, so this happens after the events of the film. Yes, Ah. but I still think they should have used it because it's one of the most interesting parts. Yeah. So the Lutzes hire Ed and Lorraine Warren, who are demonologists, to 
to come in and figure this shit out. And they hold a psychic slumber party. Mm-hmm. They get all these psychics that they know to come spend the night and let's and, like, all see Channel what... Channel 5 was there recording it. Yeah. And, then, like, let's see what we can find. And, like, a lot of these people, like, got sick and, mm-hmm. like, you know, oh, I feel this and I hear this. And one girl said that she was down in the basement and she was reciting some scripture and she heard it being said back to her but backwards mm. and i read that and i'm like oh i'm done goodbye yeah that scared they, me really that's bad. another case where i feel like they should have changed the story more from the book you mm-hmm. know they should have taken that and put it retrojected that back into the the main story you know like maybe before they leave the house they decide okay let's get some experts in here and yeah. see what's going on yeah you know because yeah, I think they did have some scenes where they're researching, but it just didn't. Yeah. It didn't connect really to mm-hmm. what was going on in the they, house. Like they've they really just found didn't. out more things about things that had happened previously in yeah. the house. But George Lutz is like, oh, I can't read. He <laughs> <laughs> oh, was just a big baby. He was just cold. All I the thought time. that they made him more of a badass in the movie than I pictured him as in the book. Well, well he's a beefcake he's for sure. A beefcake. Because <laughs> when you look at him, you're like, oh, you're just some fat little, like, Meh. I just, he, he comes off as, like, such a wimp and just a wet blanket, really, in the book. And mm. I'm just like, Well, let's talk about the characterization. Do we get a sense of what the Lutzes are like as people in the film? Um, I don't think so. They didn't have much of personalities. Yeah, Yeah, I feel like George Lutz gets the most characterization of any of the the main characters. Yeah, Uh, we know he's got a business. We know that a personality trait. Yeah, well, we kind of get a sense of his. Being a beefcake is also not a personality (laughs) trait. Uh, He's he's got kind of a strained relationship with his new wife's children like he doesn't really interact with them too much and the girl says like oh jody doesn't like him and you get the sense that that's a proxy for her saying she doesn't like her new dad um because apparently in real life he was actually abusive to them yeah well heather was saying that both parents like yeah copped to beating their children oh yeah in the movie he's he slapped her he yeah he does hit her at one point Mm -hmm. and i said and that didn't happen in the book but i think it's because they didn't want to show them beating children in the movie yeah so rather than showing him abusive towards the kids they showed him abusive towards her that's like way more disturbing than what happens in the movie that they like in real life beat their kids they beat their kids with belts and spoons and and did they say beat the shit out of them too did they say that the demon made them do this yes the demon made them do it okay because i'm all to be fair in hispanic culture you i've been hit with a belt and a spoon but well, what about Germanic culture? Lutz doesn't sound like a Hispanic name. No, it's not. Lutz is definitely a Germanic name. I guess there's lots of people who beat their children, but I mean not anymore because then CPS. Oh is yeah, at your no, door. no, you can't beat your, you can't even I'm spank your saying, kids anymore. I did once upon a time get hit with the belt, but that was just normal. And definitely a spoon and a shoe. Oh, brush. Oh, brush. That's a good paddle. Paddle brush. That's a good paddle. Definitely gotten the chancla before. So next time on how to beat your children, we'll discuss what's most effective. Yeah. Um, 
yeah so that's another i guess uh, element of the story that suggests to me that they're well i don't even know what to make of that why would you make up a story that you beat your kids i think they definitely didn't make up beating their kids no, they, yeah, you, for sure i didn't. hope that they did i hope that 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 was part of <laughs> i their... hope they beat their children no i hope they made it up oh no they definitely did not I... because i watched Oh, um, did he mention it in the documentary? Yeah, I watched. Yeah, I watched the documentary with the son. Selena Daniel. Watched, Selena watched the documentary. It's called like My Amityville Horror or something like that. I haven't seen it. Um, he, yeah, him and the dad just didn't get along, or stepdad. Oh, because he was the oldest of the kids. He was the oldest of the kids. So yeah, he would have better memories. Than Which is interesting because he's the only one that will talk about stuff. The other ones won't. Uh. I do have a big question. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're scared of a lot of things. Yeah. But yet you like watching these things. Yeah. And then you need and then I, Kenny to and talk I need you to down from Kenny. the ledge. Yeah. Kenny's probably like, please stop watching. <laughs> stop. <laughs> please stop. Like, we went to Midsummer Scream, which I thought she, like, that was all her, like, stuff. And then we went to, like, the dark alley and she's like, nope. Jump scares. But I feel like that's what horror films are. What's Midsummer Scream? It's like a horror convention. Oh, it was a convention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you see a film there, or no. did you just see people walking it's around just, in costumes? It's like horror con. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Totally. But that that kind of freaked you out, just people being in costumes. No, 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 like no, 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 no. Foggy areas. No. There's like a specific part that's like all dark, and people like jump out at you and stuff. It's like where oh, all the mazes and I the see. scary yeah. haunted houses. It's like houses. one of those, uh, uh, what do you call Spooky houses at Halloween. Yes, a spooky house. Mm-hmm. Like a fun house thing. Yeah. Not my thing. Yeah. Um, there was some cool stuff, though. Especially because we've been talking about The Shining. There was, um... They had a little door set up. I she apparently does not remember any of it. I don't understand. But they had little photo ops. I think it's Mystic Museum. How? I think it was them that had it. But they had the door. It was, like, cut up or whatever, and then it said Red Rum. And like she was telling me all this yesterday. It. She's like, remember when we... And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. And she went on and on, yeah, and there was this, and there was this. And I'm like, what? <laughs> did they have alcoholic yes, beverages Kenny. at this convention? Yes, they did. And mm, I, I did say, I'm like, I'm pretty sure you had just gotten a drink. Okay, and I think she was. I think she was doing this with her drink at the time, I was trying to like, mix mm. it up. Mm. I'm starting to formulate a theory about what happened i think a demon must have been haunting you and it it stole your memories of that the demon that's is what called, i think happened um pineapple and vodka mm, <laughs> and well vodka so that Shut explains up. it all listen i don't expose you tito's wouldn't have done you dirty like that i don't know remember what happened oh, that's right. remember what happened that time that i thought that tito's wasn't gonna do me dirty mm-hmm. yeah um long story short never mind not important I w- lost a whole Monday. Anyway, um, remember that, since we're just talking about nothing now, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep doing it. Um, remember the thing I sent the last time I said, what was this then? Do you remember what that was? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> just like, I, I'm probably blocked. Oh, when you, oh, I see. You're referring to how you sometimes text me uh, links to um sightings of bigfoot or something like that and you say it to me how do you explain this and i i did have a friend that went up to the sequoias and swears on her life that she saw bigfoot bigfoot is real don't worry about it bigfoot or sasquatch i forget which one 
they're the same thing, I think. What I want to know is if there's more than one, are they big foots or big feet? I don't know. What, have... what if it's exactly like the movie that came out where they just want to be our friend, but we're scared of them? Ew. You don't remember that movie? I, I mean, there's a... It's a it's a cartoon movie called Bigfoot. There's an X-Files It's kind of what I picture. Anyway, um, <laughs> do you remember what that was that I sent you? The most recent one. Yeah. Was it like the little Martian kid that's like dancing in the in yes. the uh, uh, somebody's driveway? Yeah. That was cute. Okay, so that was his response. I sent him this thing that literally freaked me the hell out. I'm like, what is this? And he's like, he's like, oh, it's cute. I'm like, no. Like, what is it? He's like, I don't know, but it's cute. Speaking it's like of, a little toddler, but like it looks more like, like gangly. Oh. Yeah, it looks like Dobby from Harry Potter. And he's, he's just kind of like... Is he supposed to be an alien? I don't know. Someone someone caught it on their, like, camera. Oh, their ring camera? On their camera from, like, their surveillance. Like, yeah, like their ring surveillance. thing. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh. But it's like just their video footage on their driveway, and it was just this little guy that comes through, and he's like, what, like three feet tall or something? And he, and I'm just like, oh. Maybe Dobby's real, and he just wanted I mean, to make it I mean, I love Dobby. Didn't I? I said that to you. I said, like, I love Dobby, but I don't know. I don't know. No one here is questioning your love for Dobby. <laughs> <laughs> Can I throw sure. a sock on you randomly, then? Dobby is a free elf. <laughs> <laughs> We should end it there. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we shouldn't, because we have to say what we're gonna watch for next time. Did you? You didn't. You didn't talk about the music. Oh, um, do you want to talk about the music? I mean, no, but it's on the list. Uh, that was yeah. the thing that I referenced earlier on. I said, "Oh, I'm not going to talk about it because it's on your list." Oh, so weren't we talking about something yeah. else though? No. Okay. Well, the music. It's. Just a rip-off of Psycho. I mean, it's a rip-off of various things. Yeah. Right? There's, like, the little children singing. Yeah. That's kind of, like, a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, I feel like this is just, like, a mashup of, like, they're like, eh, we're too lazy to make a score, so just, you know, copy-paste. Yeah, I mean, again, I feel similarly to I, the other elements where I feel like it's competent. It's a competent score, <laughs> you know? It does a good job Yeah, because of they stole it. Undermining, or not undermining, but underli- uh, underlining the the horror of specific scenes and keeping the tension up and so forth but um i don't feel like i mean what what else could the composer do but i don't feel like there's a strong thematic link to what the score is doing in the film like the the little children singing creepily it's like well i guess there's a little girl who has the imaginary friend but that's really like tertiary to everything else that's happening in the film it doesn't add up to it yeah, and so it's like, why is that, like, the theme of the film, this idea of, like, the creepy children? It's like, the film, that should be for a film like, you know, a Turn of the Screw movie or something, where it's really about the children. Um, and then, yeah, the psycho thing is... There's it's one sequence bad. where somebody's hand gets jammed in a window, and the the score is just psycho practice. It's, it's just, just psycho. What if they were all the same movie studio, and they just had a small budget and recycled it's not the exact score from psycho which is um kind of a unique score um because it's uh, um bernard herman used only a string section from the orchestra for the entire score Can there's like no a, 
a, f- a film score nerd. Got it. Like specifically, so. I do like horror movie scores. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know. I know you do. And this one, I would say it's not one of the worst. It's not one of the best. It's okay. kind of just, yeah. Yeah. To me. All right. I'm clear. So, thank you to <laughs> Selena for joining us on this episode of Cinematicon Ex Mortis. Uh, and please join us next time when we will be discussing Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho from 1960. Goodbye. Bye. Well, we don't need to worry. We about don't need it. to argue about it in front of everybody. Yeah. I know I'm all a little uncomfortable. We're not really argue. We're not really mad. This is all gonna get cut. And he means that. <laughs> it's not like us where we we claim we're gonna cut it and then we don't. And then our episodes are two hours long. <laughs> <laughs>